Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, Jim Nance, as always, thanks for the introduction there. we got Billy Hurley III. You probably haven't heard from him for some time now. He's been out with an injury, a back injury, for quite a few months. Think about this, four months without touching a golf club. What is that like for a competitor at this level? We get down that road, and he explains what he's looking forward to, when we might see him next. Billy's got quite a background. Of course, he went to Navy. This guy served for many years as well. Great backstory. We're going to get into it here with Billy Hurley in just a minute. Before we do, Encore Golf, check him out, EncoreGolf.com. The Vero X1 golf ball, I've been using that personally the last five months. I have added 15 yards, no joke, off the tee. It's changed the entire game for me. Uh, it's a great golf ball, Vero X1. Also, the Elixir, check that one out too. It's $49.99 for two dozen, so 25 each. You can get 10% off if you put in my promo code for Beyond the Clubhouse. It's B Clubhouse, the letter B Clubhouse, you're going to get 10% off. So those 49 for two dozen, you're going to get for 45. Really good deal. Check them out, EncoreGolf.com, as well on social media, at EncoreGolf. Let's get to it here. Billy Hurley third on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, my next guest is PGA Tour winner Billy Hurley third. Of course, he is from Leesburg, Virginia, a Loudoun County high school grad. This guy knows golf in the DMV. Billy, how you doing this morning? Hey, good, Garrett. Good, good. Good to chat with you here. Yeah. So I, I was curious, for those who don't know about your status, they may not have seen you at tournaments over the last few months. What's happened with this injury, and where are you at with it right now? Yeah, I, I – um... I herniated a disc uh, in late 2019, um, and so I had surgery in November of 2019 to uh, clean that up. And um, it was the, the disc was actually pinching my left sciatic nerve so much that I couldn't even walk. Um, from, and uh, hoping to, hoping to come back to competition in July. Gotcha. You know, I, speaking of competition, of course, you won at Congressional only maybe 40 miles from where you grew up. I mean, you live in Maryland now, so so close to your current home. Um, when you came back to that tournament, you owned that media room on media day. This All the local media were like, Billy's here. This is great. The return of this homecoming local boy, the, the defending champ. What does that feel like to win so close to home and to be a defending champ like that, you know? Yeah, you, you know, obviously, um, you know, pick a PGA Tour event, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up to win it. Um, but, uh, you know, having winning at Congressional, winning at, at home like that, you know, close to, like you said, close to where I grew up, close to where I live now, um, you know, having family and friends be able to be around on that Sunday, you know, more so than, than if you want anywhere else in the world. And, um yeah, it's just, I mean, kind of, kind of a bit of a, you know, storybook kind of, kind of win. So it's, it's really, uh, you know, obviously couldn't think of a better place to, to do it. Uh, but, but like I said, sign me up anywhere. I'll, I'll, I'll take a win. 
Yeah, well, speaking of that win, there was a moment on Sunday, you chipped in on 15. Everybody remembers the emotion. Your buddy, Pete Hiskey, texted me and told me there's a funny story. Uh, what happened with Ernie Els in that moment? Um, yeah, so so it was it was probably the loudest I've ever heard um, uh, on the golf course I've been close to. You know, you heard roars, you know, three, four holes over, especially for Tiger and, and stuff like that along the way. But um, that was the loudest it's ever been um, in my group, you know, for, for sure. And, uh, and, and Ernie, like, I picked the ball out of the hole, and then Ernie was basically yelling at me, hey, Billy! Billy, Billy, you know, just to say like, great shot, you know, or, or I, you know, um, give me a fist pump or whatever it was. And, and, uh, but yeah, I just, I mean, it was like so loud. Like he, he must've yelled my name three times before I, before I heard him. Oh my God. So, so what did that mean coming down the stretch, winning a congressional, how, the emotion, how do you describe the emotion? You mentioned family there. What, what does that, how, how does it feel? Well, you know, my wife and I both uh, have, have talked about this. We, we'd love to go back and, and relive those last 45 minutes because we tried not to feel the emotion because there's so many stories in golf, right? It's not over till it's over. And, you know, the, the 18th hole, you know, has got enough trouble at congressional and, and, you know, it, it's not over till it's over. And, and, and so that was kind of the mindset. That was the thought process. And, and, and my wife would tell you the same thing. You know, she had friends like saying, congratulations, aren't you so excited? And, and she's like, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. We're not done. We got to finish, you know? Um, so that was kind of the, the emotion was like, we're not done. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done, you know, and, and then we're done. Right. And, and, and so that's when the, the emotion um, came out. Certainly, you know, it was like, Hey, you gotta do, you gotta really screw this up <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Um, but, 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 you know, golf's not over till it's over. And, um, so that was the, you know, the emotion was trying to control the emotion in that sense, right. It was trying to stay level-headed, trying to stay calm, um, as much as you can, you know, and execute those last couple of golf shots. And, um, you know, then it kind of just, just flooded out from there when the, when the, when the whole thing kind of hits you. What's the, what's the coolest relationship or, thing that has happened to you because of that win oh you know what i mean like you hear that a lot more with the masters right when somebody wins the masters then michael jordan calls them i get that level is amazing but is there anything on the local level or just on relationship level um that would have changed or um, oh, that's a that's a that's a great question i, I think we can get back to it no i i, I think if you, you know, the difference between finishing first and second somewhere is, is, is life changing, right? It, it changes the whole trajectory of your future. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is like, I won a PGA tour event, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I finished fourth a bunch and, and nobody's going to remember that. Nobody's really going to care. But the fact that you get that win, you kind of get over the hump is, um, is, is, is something that's like, it's a differentiator that, that, that stays with you your entire life. And I'd say that's the biggest thing, right? Is, is some of the, just the, some of the things that I've been afforded and I have to think, you know, there, there's, there's a hundred of them, but, but that, that I wouldn't have gotten if I finished second in that tournament, you know, and, and, and even three, four, five years later kind of things, not just, you know, next week or next year or whatever.
Yeah. Well, you're such a competitor and obviously you're there. Everybody wants to win. So how does a competitor like Billy Hurley, how do you stay sane when you can't touch a club for four months as you had that stretch back during this injury? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, in a lot of ways, it was a nice break. It was a nice pause. I don't, I, I wouldn't have ever slowed down in, in any other way other than a significant injury. Um, you know, in fact, I probably played through the injury too much and that's kind of how we ended up on an operating table. Um, but so, you know, in, in a lot of ways, traveling 25, 30 weeks a year, um, you know, being home, being more around, you know, doing school drop off, school pickup, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff, taking my kids to their activities. And it's, it's, it's really been, it's really been wonderful as a, as a family and so I think that that's kind of you know you take the energy that, that you were putting into practice and that stuff and try and put it into life and and and, and family and I think that that's the, the the biggest way I you know stayed stayed sane in it all and then I mean hey rehab's a whole lot of work too so you gotta you gotta kind of get after that and, and work pretty hard as well to, to to come back to where you were. Yeah. Well, for, for the golf fans out there, when are we expecting to see you next? And, and what is that looking like here? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to play John Deere. That's kind of my, um, what I'm looking at is my re-entry um, to, to competition. Um, you know, there's, I've still got a little ways to go in rehab and, and getting the last little bit of speed um, back and, and, and whatnot. But uh, that's, that's kind of where, where we've we've got that's kind of where I'm hoping to to play again is is John Deere. Gotcha. Um, it's interesting growing up in Leesburg, Virginia. I know you played some different courses there uh, in Loudoun County. Um, do you remember the excitement level as a young kid? You know what I mean. Like for me, like I couldn't go to sleep if I knew I was playing nine holes the next day. When I was eight years old, what was your excitement level like as you got into golf? I think. Um, yeah, I mean, you just start thinking about playing as a kid and and, and playing with my dad, doing um, doing that kind of stuff, um, and then going into tournament golf was more high school for me, and, and I think that that's where that kicked in. That excitement you talk about not being able to sleep, you talk about um, you know working through the emotions of just knowing you're teeing it up for real tomorrow, um, and 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 that kind of stuff. I think that that's where. Uh, the emotion for me, the level of, you know, competitiveness um, that, that, that I had as a young kid and still, still have um, probably waned a little bit, which is good for life. Not <laughs> got a little less competitive as I got older um, or, or used all the competitive energy up. I don't know which one, but um, you know, I, I think that just, yeah, and, and, and then, you know, that, that doesn't really go away. You know, it gets a little bit different. You know, it, it takes a little bit more to get you excited, you know, as far as playing the last group or, you know, playing a, a bigger tournament, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But it's all, it's all that same feeling that, that, you know, goes all the way back to junior golf for sure. Hmm. Well, for you, locally speaking, because I know you're, you know, you're, you went to Navy, you got a house in Maryland, uh, Annapolis area. What are – Public golf in Maryland. G give us an idea, like um, for golf fans, like like how would you paint a picture of public golf in Maryland? Where are some of the courses you love? 
Um, you know, I, I don't know as much about golf in Maryland, to be honest, even though I live there because I just play two golf courses. When I'm there, right. Right? I mean, you got the Naval Academy course and I, and I practice a lot at TPC Potomac. And um, you, so I probably know more about golf, public golf anyway in, in, in Northern Virginia. You know, well, there you go. You know, there you go. On the, uh, you know, I didn't grow up as a country club kid. Um, you know, we had a, a membership to uh, to West Park Golf Club in Leesburg, which I understand that they've just closed and it's going to become some houses or something like that. But um, and then we played a, when Raspberry Falls opened my um, opened my freshman year of high school, and so we started playing and practicing there some with the high school golf team, and that's where a lot of my my friends uh, on the golf team, you know, worked out at, and, you know, kind of the card barn stuff and. And, and whatnot. So, um, you know, that's probably more where, where public golf uh, for me lies is in, is in Virginia. And, and it's just because I haven't, uh, you know, we, we, we played some courses on the Eastern shore a lot at, at vacation, you know, going to, uh, to, to Bethany beach, Delaware, ocean city, Maryland, you know, that kind of area. So I remember, you know, playing uh, like sea pines and um, Bayville and what's the, there's a little lighthouse sound out there now is a, is a newer one um, a little bit after I got out of high school and whatnot. So, so it, it, yeah, there's uh, so, so, sometimes you look at, you know, outside of, you know, DC, Maryland, you go, you go a little East um, and, and there's just not a lot of golf courses. It's actually, it's actually kind of, kind of interesting. I mean, that, you know, there's, there's a handful of them, but, uh, um, you know, one of the, one of the cooler things as far as golf in, in Maryland that I've been able to be involved in is restoring the Naval Academy golf course. And I got to, um, put my fingerprint on that restoration a little bit and work with, uh, Andrew Green, the architect on, on some of the holes and, and tweak a couple of things here and there from a, high level competition standpoint and you know so that's I mean and truly that's the nicest golf course within 30 miles in any direction of of, of Annapolis you know so um that's that's we turned we got that back to to the level at which it, it should be to be called the Naval Academy golf course yeah that's great that you put so much effort into that um you know it's interesting I'm, I'm looking at um your career on the PGA Tour and look at all the events You've played the Arnold Palmer Invitational nine times. You spent some time there at Arnie's place. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what do you remember about Arnie? Remember 2016, you were out there during his final Arnold Palmer Invitational in 2016. What, what do you remember about Arnie that week? How did he seem to you as countenance? You know, in those last couple of years with Mr. Palmer, um, he, it kind of, it was, it was kind of, it kind of ebbed and flowed a lot. You know, it was like, sometimes you'd see him and he'd be upbeat and he'd be, you know, right there, sharp as attack. And other times you'd see him and he'd just be a little slower and a little, you know, um, whatever. So it kind of, it kind of came and go, came and went with the day, I, I, I would say, you know, you, um, but, uh, but whenever he was out there, I mean, I mean, you know, he, he, he started being out there less, right? He, he didn't, he didn't really come out or, or, or sit in the clubhouse if he wasn't feeling well, you know? Um, and, but when he was there, you know, he was still sharp as they come, you know, um, talking about, you know, talking to anybody who would, who would stop by. I mean, obviously everybody stopped by. He never looked bothered. He never looked annoyed at, you know, people talking to him, you know, it was, uh, just his personality was, was so like with the people and with the players and, and, and fans and, and all that stuff. 
Yeah. And looking back, what did it feel like? Because I know in 2016 and other years, he'd be on that 10th tee box and he'd be in his cart with his wife, Kit. What did it feel like as a player? Tell us golf fans, what does it feel like as a player to see Mr. Palmer and to have the opportunity inside the ropes to go shake his hand? You know what I mean? Like, that's a really special thing looking back on it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, um, you know, Mr. Palmer was a, was a pretty special person, obviously, but, but he was special to me as well. Um, I got to know him better than most, you know, I mean, 2006 was my first, uh, then, you know, Bay Hill Invitational, Arnold Palmer Invitational. That was my first start on the PGA tour. So I got, I got my start there. Um, you know, first, first event, you know, with Mr. Palmer, um, giving me a sponsor's exemption coming out of college and the Walker cup and that kind of stuff. And, and, and so, you know, from there, I really got to, I got to know him, um, and, and got to, you know, just, just being around him is, 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 you know, I got to have drinks with him in the locker room at Bay Hill, you know, <laughs> during the winters when I would go down there and practice a little bit, he gave me a membership to Bay Hill along the way. And, and that's kind of been some of where I spend my winters. And, um, when I, you know, go down for a couple, two, three days and practice down there. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I tell you that. And, and, and so, you know, then to see him inside the ropes, you know, and, and to, you know, shake his hand, he come, you know, he's sitting in that golf cart, like you said, you know, every, every year, same spot, you know, and you, and you kind of, uh, you know, you, you take a second, you know, to go, to go say hi to, to the King. So, um, it's uh he was a he was a special part of uh, of golf history and 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 really a, a decent part of my uh career's history as well yeah well what a cool insight for you like for us golf fans like you had a chance to have drinks with the king at his kingdom inside the clubhouse what does that feel like you know what i mean like he's passed on he's a living he's a legend now you know like what, what did that feel like um you know it, if you get him in the right setting, he's just one of the guys, you know, and, and I mean, now he runs the table. I mean, like, that, you know, like, I mean, he's in charge of the conversation, like, you know, where this is going to go. But, uh, you know, I, the, the, the coolest thing for me was um, I was down there one winter and, you know, he knew who I was. Right. I, and I would, you know, every time I'd see him, you know, Hey, Mr. Palmer, just put out my hand, Billy Hurley, great to see you, sir. You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the coolest thing, one winner, and this is, I don't know, maybe 2014 or 15 or, or something like that. And uh, I was down there playing, practicing, and he came up and he said, you know, he, he, he came up to me and he knew who I was. He, he said, hey, how about them midshipmen? They really gave it to him in that bowl game. You know, and then I was like, whoa, he actually knows, like, you know, normally he would piece it together when I gave him my name, but this was like, he came up and knew who I was right off the bat. And that was probably the, the coolest moment for me with him. Yeah. Well, speaking of your midshipman, you've got the shirt on. For those who are listening, tell us, because Gary Woodland told me he loves his Jayhawks. He said that when he's watching the Jayhawks with his kids, he needs to send his kids in the other room because he gets so fired up yelling at the TV. Paint a picture for my audience of what Billy Hurley is like watching his midshipmen. <laughs> uh, well, certainly, the, you know, the Army-Navy game is one of those events where I sit down and I watch and, like, that's just, like, you know, you're not changing the channel. You're not, like, you're not making noise in the room. I want to see what's going on. So that's um, – I probably don't don't yell and scream at the at the TV, but I, but I more am, am 
that's probably the one game a year where it's kind of like there's no noise going on here. I'm watching this game. Like, if you want to go play, kids, you do that in some other room. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, that's how I feel about you know, actually watching golf. Like, I don't, I don't want to be distracted when I'm watching the final round of, of an event. So I can empathize that way. I've got two kids. Um, so here, let me ask you this. Uh, it's always great to, to learn from PGA Tour players and, and understand different tips. When we have long bunker shots, right? We're at home, we're Joe Blow golfers. When we have long bunker shots, what is the right attitude to have? Uh, well, first of all, you know, the easiest way to hit that shot is to not hit it in there. <laughs> you know, that's step one, right? Avoid avoid those bunkers, right? Right? Just that that's the easiest way to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, should you find yourself in there? Um, I, I think a, a, the easiest way to get out of a long bunker, um, it's not the prettiest way, it's not the sexiest way, you know, whatever, is to take like a nine iron. Take a nine iron, open it up, you know, um, like you would a, a sand wedge in the sand and hit a sand shot with it. Hit, hit, you know, hit your one, two inches behind the ball, splash it out um, just like you would a greenside bunker shot. But it'll, you know, it'll, because of the, you know, the more loft or less loft rather on the nine iron, it, it carries further, it doesn't spin as much, it runs out a little bit more, um, but it's really a, a, a safe way. You, you know, you, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna hit that cool shot that checks up and spins, you know, like, like you might with a, with a 60 or a sand wedge from a, from a longer bunker shot, but, but it's gonna be controlled and it's gonna get out in one shot and it's not gonna go, you know, the, 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 uh, the margin for error is, is, is much tighter in that shot right you, you're probably not going to hit the great shot but you're not going to hit the terrible shot right and and i mean it's a shot i use i mean i'm not I, you know it's definitely there's there's some spots where that's just the the right play to um you know splash it out of there with a nine iron and and you know okay it'll, it'll you know you can carry it 20 30 yards you know no problem um and, and let it run back to the pin from there yeah, and hopefully that would lead to a good result and, and keep us in our round. We are so results-oriented, us amateurs. We want to know, okay, that ball's got to be close. Our shot needs to be close. When we're through eight holes and we're off to the best start we've had in a while, we're three under par. We're like, oh, my God, I'm in the red. This has happened. It hasn't happened in years. How do you sustain a good start if you're talking to us amateur golfers? Oh, you know, that's 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 the – the hardest thing about golf, right, is, is, is how, is how our, um, mentally it's so hard, right? You start thinking about too many things or you start like feeling invincible and hitting dumb shots or, you know, whatever it is. And so I think that, um, you know, the, the, the adage in golf, like what's the most important shot in golf? The next, next. one, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so, um, it, it, that's, that's really, I mean, that's what it is. You know, if you're, if you're three under or three over, the only thing you can do anything about is the next one. And, um, you know, just trying to execute and, and trying to, uh, you know, I, I try and slow my breathing down, control my breathing. Um, you know, your heart rate's getting excited, you, you know, you're getting, um, some adrenaline going. And so you're just trying to, you know, calm it, calm it down a little bit. And, and, and hit hit golf shots from as, as level of a state of mind as you can. So, you know, it, it's so. I mean, hey, we do it. You know, you get out there and you're you know you're eight under through sixteen, and you start going, man, I could shoot sixty if I were you know eagle seventeen and birdie eighteen. You know, whatever. Right? You know, I mean, and that's just kind of, um, 
you know, you start going, well, I could, you know, all right, I got a par five on 13 and then, you know, okay, we'll make par on 15. It's a hard par four, you know, we'll get a wedge into 16, you know, and that's just natural. So you don't want to beat yourself up. Like that's going to happen. You don't, you, you don't beat yourself up for having those thoughts, but you got to get rid of them and you got to come back to, um, you got to come back to having the, the mentality of what am I doing here? What is my, what is my next shot? How am I going to execute this one? Speaking of mentality, I like that. For us, when we get to the golf course, and I know you have a pre-round routine, I'm going to ask you about that too briefly, but what should we have as our pre-round routine in terms of prioritizing putting, you know what I mean? Like what, what should be the right way to get us ready for a round? Um, well, I think that, you know, most amateurs arrive at the golf course too late, like, like way too late, right? Um, <laughs> and you know, 15 minutes before your tee time, I mean, you still got to go in the pro shop and check in and do whatever. I mean, you're barely going to make it, right? I mean, so like, you know, 45 minutes before your tee time is like the minimum to me just because you, you know, it's not like you're just walking straight to the range most of the time, right? There's something else you got to do, change your shoes, you know, go in the locker room or or pay in the pro shop or, or whatever it is, you know? So if you get there 45 minutes beforehand, then that'll probably get you about 30 minutes to, you know, put a golf club in your hand, hit a couple of shots, you know, whatever. Um, the, the biggest thing you want to do when you're, I mean, you want to warm up your body, right? Especially this time of year, that's a whole nother conversation when it's cold outside, you know, and all, all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, you, you want to get you, you want to warm up your body, get your muscles flow and your joints lubricated, you know, that kind of thing. So, so whatever you want to do to do that, like, I, I'm not going to, tell you how to do that um but but you know other than that you you want to get a feel for it you know is um one of the things i do is is i i um you know i always have my caddy shoot the 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 targets on on the range i want to know if the ball's going a little short today if the ball's going a little long today you know obviously temperature and humidity and all that stuff affects that and it's a little bit different day in and day out um, and, and so that's one of the things I'm trying to get a feel for is how far is the ball going while I hit, while I warm up and, and hit practice shots. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then, you know, the final that you, you really want to get a feel for the speed of the greens. So, you know, spend, spend more time in the 30 to 40 foot range, you know, just hitting, hitting some putts and trying to get a feel for that. Uh, the, the pace of the greens, you know, uphill, downhill, side hill, you know, kind of all all kind of four directions, so to speak, if you, if you think about a pitch on a green and, um, and, and if you don't have any time, if you're really short on time, the, the, the best warm up shot that exists is a bunker shot. Um, you know, it's normally right by the first tee, you can throw a couple balls in there, you're making a hard swing, you know, in a bunker to, to, and, and the ball's not going any, you know, the ball's, you know, going 10, 12 yards, but you're making a firm swing you're getting some good resistance out of the sand. And, and so that, that tends to um, be a go-to, you know, for me, if I'm, you know, not obviously tournaments, I do a lot more than that, but if, but if I'm running a little late, you throw four or five balls in a bunker and that tends to get you um, warmed up a little faster than, than four or five balls on the range. Right. I like that. Well, you talk about a, a fuller swing out of the bunker. Chipping is so delicate. I mean, we don't, our feel isn't always there because we're coming from the office. So when we're chipping and let's say we have some time, tell us how we need to get in the right frame of mind, you know, different clubs. What is it with chipping? Um, so chipping is all about where you want to land it. 
um, and, and trying to, you know, get consistently good at landing it where you want to, right? And then, and then the ball reacts from there, right? It goes, you know, with, with less loft, it runs out further. With more loft, it runs out less, right? So, so it's more about trying to just figure out how, where, to, where to land it to then have it react on the ground and go, go to the pin um, that way. So, so that's, I work a lot on chipping with just trying to land it in the right spot, trying to get that feel of what, of what amount of energy, you know, um, produces the, the, the carry distance that I'm looking for, right? Even if that's three, four yards of carry, you're just trying to get it landing on a spot. Gotcha. Well, for you, how long is your pre-round routine typically? And, and what's that overall focus? Um, so I get to the golf course two hours before my tee time on tour. Uh, and that would include, you know, eating breakfast or lunch or, you know, whatever. Uh, then I spend typically about 30 minutes in the gym, um, you know, kind of warming up, doing my stretches and activation exercises and, and that kind of stuff, getting my body going uh and and then i go to the range first um about 55 minutes before my tea time um i go uh typically uh what do i do sand wedge eight iron because i have hybrids i i do uh four iron or five iron and then and then a couple hybrids three wood driver couple couple 60 degree wedges at the end and then go chip and putt for, you know, 15, uh, probably, well, probably 10 minutes around the putting green, um, chipping and, and, and putting. And then I typically leave the putting green um, and walk to the first tee about 10 minutes, 12 minutes before my tee time, um, get to the first tee, you know, there's stuff you got to do there, get a pin sheet, get the scorecard, kind of get, get your stuff organized and then peg it. Gotcha. For you, training aids or devices, what kind of thing do you use doesn't even have to be before round, maybe more when you're actually practicing long form. What, what tends to be what you lean on? So for putting, I, I use a mirror um, almost, you know, probably five days a week, you know, almost, almost every day. Um, just just kind of one of those little mirror, you know, you put the ball in it and you can see your eyes and shoulders and that kind of stuff. And um, just from three, I you know, straight in three, four feet, um, kind of use, use that training aid a lot. Um, I've got an orange whip that I like to swing to warm up and to kind of swing left-handed and kind of go the other way. Um, just, you know, we're such repetition of going one way, one way, one way, you know, as, as golfers, just, you know, the one-sided swing. So using that for a little bit, you know, just a little trying to balance it out. I mean, I'm, you're never going to get balanced totally because, you know, and do 300 swings right-handed, you know, you're 10 or 15 left-handed is not going to balance it out, but it's just <laughs> Um, you know, just, just working those muscles a little differently. Um, and then, uh, you know, just, just, just simple alignment sticks, you know, whether that's a, you know, uh, an, an actual alignment stick or just a, a, another club on the ground. I mean, I think that's, uh, crucially important, um, knowing where you're aimed, you know, if, if you're aimed poorly, you've got to make a bad swing to hit a good shot. So, um, you know, using that, uh, you know, very consistently, in practice to, to make sure that you're grooving the, the right thing. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up here, got two more quick ones for you. Uh, this is more about the friendships of the game. That's my favorite part of, about the game. Beyond the Clubhouse, my podcast is about the friendship that we all make. Who comes to mind in terms of your golfing life uh, with the friendships of golf? 
Oh, man. Well, so, you know, I, I grew up, my dad taught me how to play. Um, you know, he, he was a good player, uh, you know, kind of in his 20s. And um, so certainly, you know, just that's who taught me how to play. That's where I grew up, you know, playing with my dad on vacation, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. So, so um, I, sometimes on the golf course, we didn't like each other because I wanted to be better and, you know, and he, and he didn't want me to get so angry, but um, you know, those, those, those certainly a friendship with my dad and my, and my brother, um, you know, he's a couple years younger than me, but we, you know, played the high school team together and, and, and practiced a lot together, you know, in the summers and just going to the golf course, you know, getting dropped off and, and, and playing and practicing over, over the summers in high school. Um, and then, uh, you know, probably my best friend on tours, Peter Malnati. Um, you know, I got out of the Navy the same year that he graduated from Missouri. And so we kind of spent many tours together and some, and some corn fairy tour together and then PGA tour together. So um, those are probably the, the, the three best that, uh, that come to my mind that, that came out of golf. I, I think the, the funny thing for me, is I'm new to this friendship through golf thing um, because <laughs> I, I play golf competitively. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't play golf to be friends with somebody. I play golf to, to beat people. And so, um, you know, that's again, kind of that, that older, you know, mellowing out on the competition side and, and being able to enjoy, um, you know, playing with my buddies in Annapolis and, and, and doing some, uh, some golf trips, you know, that kind of stuff. I've got a great friend up in, up in Philadelphia, uh, named John Ballback, who's, who's a, you know, member at Pine Valley and taking me to those places, you know, and done, done that kind of stuff. So just those, uh, you know, I've gotten more into that in the last, in the last five years than, than the previous 30 plus of, of just trying to be competitive and, and, and beat people's brains in on the golf course. Gotcha. Well, here, the last question is a two, two-fold question. Watching golf at home now, if you do, uh, while you're re rehabbing, how hard is that as a competitor? Because we know you want to be out there, one. And the other question is, um, you know, what is your biggest regret as a competitor? You're in your late 30s. Is there, is there a regret you have so far in your pro career? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't watch golf. Uh, that's just, that, you know, um, I'll watch, I'll watch, you know, Sunday of the majors, you know, Sunday of the players, you know, some of the bigger tournaments, maybe, you know, a little bit on Sunday. Um, but that's about it. Uh, so, um, and then, uh, well, so I regret all the bogeys that I've made, I think, and especially the double bogeys, but, uh, you know, as far as, uh, um, Hmm. You know, golf's been really good to me, uh, you know, as, as far as uh, not only a career, but, you know, you, you do talk about the friendships and, 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 and that kind of stuff and the people you've met along the way. Um, it, is a, it is a great thing to do with people. So, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, aside from, aside from just bad shots, I can't come up with, a, <laughs> can't come up with like, a, 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 a regret in, in, in that sense along the way in competition. Hey, you know, you've uh, you've had quite a career so far and looking forward to seeing you back. Hopefully the John Deere, as you mentioned, uh, great visiting with you here on Beyond the Clubhouse, Billy. Thanks, Garrett. All right, some helpful stuff there. Great tips from Billy Hurley III on just overall chipping. This guy knows bunker play. A lot of good, helpful insight there. And just cool to hear about what he's looking at next, where we're going to see him 
uh, going forward here. Hoping the John Deere Classic is where it's at. But anyway, listen, there's so many good stories on the PGA Tour. I wanted to spotlight Billy Hurdley III. Of course, he served. Uh, he went to Navy. This guy has really done a lot for the country. So hats off to Billy. Uh, hope you enjoy getting to know him a little bit more as well. And, uh, of course, on Instagram, you're going to see videos of this at Garrett Johnson Golf as well as at Beyond Clubhouse Podcast. Same thing on Twitter. We're going to get awesome video clips from Billy um, at Johnston Garrett and then at Beyond Clubhouse. So stay tuned. we got some other great guests this week, and I know you're going to like it here on Beyond the Clubhouse. <laughs>